I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, here back for the second half of the post-game show. The Steelers beat the Giants 26-16. I'm joined with co-editor Dave Schofield and the the PPE, the podcast producer, <laughs> Brian Anthony Davis. Um, we're talking about, we just did all the offensive grades. So if you're just checking out part two, make sure you go back and check out part one. We gave you out all the grades to the offense. Let's go to the defense, guys. I was super impressed with the defense. If you think about the situational stuff that happened, you had the Steelers come out, they get off the field, they punt, Deontay Johnson fumbles, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, here goes Saquon Barkley diving into the end zone for a touchdown, but no, they hold him to a field goal, but let's do this the right way. Let's break this down. We'll start with some individual players. Actually, let's do it this way. Dave, we'll start with you because it's the rotation we've been doing. Which defensive player stood out to you today? We'll talk about the stat line, and then we'll we'll go over the grades for that player. Who stood out to you? Okay. Well, I of course I want to claim my X factor of Vince Williams, who yep. seemed to be all over the run. That's Brian's guy. That's Brian's guy. But another one who I like to look at guys and not just hear all the talk. You know, your X factor, or you're from from the preview. Devin Bush had a great game, but you know who really surprised me was Tyson Alualu. Just re- was wreaking havoc in the run game in the middle of that line. Yes, he was. I mean, people were talking about, oh, no, Javon Hargrave. Alu just went – I mean, he was he was moving the line of scrimmage in the Steelers' favor. That's what you want from your guys up front, both on offense and defense. Move the line of scrimmage in your favor. And he was just on, on run plays, just moving it back. Now, it wasn't just him, but well, – because they were all moving together – but well, that one just kind of stood out yeah. against. Let, let's go over to the stat lines for these guys. So Vince Williams finishes with five tackles, four solo tackles, one sack, three tackles for loss, and a quarterback hit. Tyson Alualu, who you mentioned, had four total tackles, three of them solo, zero sacks, two tackles for loss, and one quarterback hit. You were right; those two players were dominant. And so, if I'm giving, what are you giving them for grades? If, since you brought them up. Oh, anyone I bring up, I'm giving I, I'm giving a plus, a, A's and okay. A pluses, man. Because all right. Yeah. I agree. Brian, go ahead and chime in on that. Those two guys, and then also who are your players you want to focus on in defense? Well, I mean, Dave uh, mentioned half of the unit there. So um, <laughs> you know, so I mentioned um, three guys. Come on. <laughs> but um, you know, I thought we would just you know, do one and like everyone pick a good one. So I've got to scrape at the bottom of the barrel and say, you know, I thought Terrell Edmonds was awesome. No, um, cause I didn't, I thought he was the weak link tonight. And, but the guy the led guy, the team in tackles. <laughs> he had nine total tackles. Yeah. But I, I really thought he was awful, um, tonight, but the guy I want to talk about here is it's bud. Bud was, as great as everybody was, you can give A's to all those guys that Dave mentioned. Bush was Bush seems like he made that second level jump. Alualu erased Hargrave going away. And Vinny Vidivici, he is Vince Williams. 
and he controls that run game. When you when you ever think about a guy like Saquon Barkley, who is dominant and amazing, I have never seen him shut down like that. And I've been watching him for a lot of years, not just with the Giants, but with Penn State. But I'm thinking Bud Dupree, Alvin was all over the place. He uh, When Cam Hayward's getting an interception, it's Bud that's forcing it. Bud's like chasing this guy all over the place, Daniel Jones. He was just all over. He was omnipotent. He was like a Starbucks in, in New York City on every single block. He's there. You know, you're all over that field. You saw number 48. It, it was just a, a fantastic performance. I'm even thinking that he's the MVP of this game. If this was the Super Bowl and you had to put, put an MVP on it, I know Juju had two touchdowns. I know it was Ben. It was Alvin Bud Dupree that led this team to victory tonight. All right, so let's look at Dupree's stat line. He had four total tackles, three solo, two tackles for loss, one pass defense, and one quarterback hit. No accredited sacks, but like you said, he was all over the field. Um, I, th- I think that it's easy to <laughs> – first, before I get to my player, how what are the odds that we would be put, talking about a game where the Steelers had two interceptions – and those interceptions were accounted for by TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward. The two captains. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Like, what are the odds that that's First a sad career line? interception for Cam Hayward. And my gosh, was it an awkward looking thing? My wife was down here watching what the game. What was he doing she, back there? Why was he? Well, I know what he was doing. He was, he was trailing the play. He didn't know yeah. if Daniel Jones was going to run it. But next thing you know, the ball's up in the air. He jumps like. I, I don't know what he was. He, he, big guys well, aren't supposed okay. to do that type of stuff. <laughs> you 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 saw that he was not the only Steeler around that. But yes. the other guys basically like, we better give him space because if any one of us breathes on him, <laughs> these guys aren't used to catching this ball. So although no man, he looked like he <laughs> yeah. looked like the athlete he was, and he pulled that in. Man, that's that's Cam. That's our well, captain. Thanks, thank goodness it got called a touchback because or else it would have been on the one inch line and that would have been tough. But they called it a touchback. Well, you could see it never. It has to come the whole way out past the line, and it never came the whole way out past the line. Okay, so for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a guy no one else has brought up. I think Dave sort of did when he mentioned the entire defense, but (laughs) Devin Bush. So anytime Saquon Barkley was out on the field. And he was, you know, coming out of the backfield on a passing route. That was he got loose a couple times. Devin Bush was in his back pocket all game. Seven total tackles, five solo. But I was just impressed with the way that Bush was moving on the field. He was he made the progression that you would expect to make from a second year player. He was flowing to the ball, speed, athleticism. The inside of the defense looked just fine. Thanks in large part to Devin Bush. Uh, Sean Manahan bring, puts two bucks in the tip jar and he asks a good question. Where was Minka? We did not hear his name called at all. And so let's look at Minka Fitzpatrick was credited with two tackles, two solo. That's it. No other stat line for him. Another player who had a pretty quiet day was Stefan Tuitt. One total tackle. He had a solo tackle. He did have a sack and a tackle for a loss and had a quarterback hit. Um, a lot of people in the live chat earlier were down on Steven Nelson. He gave up some big plays, including a touchdown. Um, Joe Hayden, I, the first touchdown never should have happened because that was a really, really bad defensive pass interference That's call, in my opinion, on Hayden. But let's grade the secondary. Brian said that Terrell Edmonds was awful earlier. Mm-hmm. I said that a lot of people were down on Nelson and Hayden. 
Um, Minka Fitzpatrick was pretty much non-existent in this game. So if we're talking about the, how great the front seven was and stopping Saquon Barkley and putting pressure on Jones, how do you grade the secondary? Dave, go ahead. It's so tough because if it wasn't for weeks three through 17 last season, you would think that they did just fine. It was just how dominant that secondary was through so much of 2019 has raised the expectations to where you really only want to give them probably, you know, maybe, maybe a C based on, based on this, on the stats they gave up. Like I did not expect Daniel Jones to throw for two touchdowns and be pushing 300 yards. I did not. And, and I know some of them were, you know, some of it were dump offs and things like that, but they, they gave up too many, I mean, too many big plays because I mean, um, like for example, Slayton 31 or sorry, 41 yard reception, Barkley had a 38 yard reception and, you know, and, and they gave up a hundred yard receiver to, to Slayton with his two touchdowns. So that's something that I wasn't used to seeing from this, from this secondary. So maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh, but I, I had a lot more expectations for him. What about you, Brian? What grade would you give him? I've got to give him a C minus, but I don't think you need to worry just yet. No. Yeah, and they did get a lot of – some people were saying in the live chat, they did get a lot of yards on that last drive when they were just basically, you know, prevent defense, you know, get your yards, take time off the clock. But that 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 first touchdown and did not look good. I mean, you think about the also, they come out no huddle. I don't think anyone really expected that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come out in the hurry up, and so I think they caught them off guard a little bit early in the game. Uh, but, you know, like you said, Brian, this was a preseason game, and there's a lot of communication in the back half. I'm going to give them a B-. minus. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They perform like that again, and the grade's going to go down to the C. But ultimately, that's what I did. Now, my favorite part of the show, special teams. <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> kickers. Um, so... Earlier in the show, someone said, should we be worried about Chris Boswell? We brought up Dustin Colquitt. Let's talk about Colquitt. He had four punts for 183 yards, averaged 45.8. I'll take that. Inside the 20 was one. He had a long of 59. Chris Boswell was two for two with field goals, a long of 41, but two for three with extra points. Guys, any concern there with the special teams units, whether it was Colquitt, whether it was the holding, whether it was Boswell's accuracy? Dave, what do you think? I'm not concerned moving forward because I think Boswell shook it off pretty well. You never want to miss an extra point. That was his first missed extra point since week 13 of the 2018 season against the Chargers. So he had a pretty good streak going on. I mean, he was one of only a couple kickers that didn't miss any last year. But there were a lot of kicks missed this this week. Um, lots of kicks missed. So to to just miss the one and he and I mean he clanked it. It's not like he completely shanked it and wasn't anywhere close. I mean, four four more inches and that's going to and that's going to hit the upright and go through. So, but you don't want to flirt with it that much. Um, I don't think he'll let it bother him. And like you say, new holder, chalk it up to that and say move on to next week. Brian, thoughts on the kickers? Dave hit the nail on the head. I really don't think that uh, there's much of a problem. Like you said earlier, that you were more concerned about you know kicking it out of bounds. I, uh, I that's probably the one play that I missed because I was uh, setting up some BTSC stuff and I was looking down at my computer and I I missed the uh, missed the kick out of bounds. But you know I'm really not concerned about the kicking game. 
loved Colquitt. I thought Colquitt was definitely proved to be an upgrade, and uh, he was pretty good. Boswell, I mean, I had no fear when he was lining up for any of those field goals. So, you know, I'm not too concerned. Ray Ray McLeod almost took one the distance. Oh, my goodness. I felt, I mean, I, I thought he was gone. I mean, I he was so close. I don't know if I'd have to look, I'd love to watch that play again to see if he just read the, the blocker wrong, but it looked like he was just one player away and he was gone. He was gone. So it, it, that's something that Steeler fans have never really seen is a return man with actual threat of taking it back. And I mean, a kickoff. We know Deontay took one back on a punt return, but ultimately is a kickoff. So Sean how Manahan, fun is it to yell Ray Ray? Go Ray Ray! Ray, Ray. Go, Go Ray Ray! Ray. <laughs> Sean Manahan, dollar on the tip jar. Thank you very much. He gave an F. Ugh, an F. All right, um, guys. Go ahead. We missed a live chat when we when we went in between shows. Not a, a super chat when we went in between shows. Who was it? It was from Kathy. You can't oh, go back Kathy. to it. It's already gone. It was for $2 of the tip jar. Thank you, Kathy. And she wanted to know if, if the Giants looked better than what we expected. I, I, I'm going to say that Daniel Jones looked yes. better than expected. They looked they, everything I thought they were going to do great. They couldn't do Saquon you know? Barkley. Let me let me read this. I mean, just listen to this. Saquon Barkley. I mean, we're talking about Saquon Barkley. 15 carries for six yards, six yards, and he had a and he had a seven yard rush. I mean, think about that. That and that seven yard rush was a pass, but he threw it backwards. Okay. Or else he wouldn't even be positive. 15 carries for six yards. I mean, this is like that. That's some early 2000s stuff right there. That's that type of run stopping. Brian, go ahead. Hey, I drafted him in my fantasy. (laughs) So that's why that happened. He was the only Um, giant I played in my fan duel because you have to play two. You know, you you can't play your lineup from from all one team. So you had to have someone. So I did him. Yeah, I didn't do well. (laughs) Oh, well. And I loved the fact that I lost in my one league because of Barkley. And that's, that's my policy. Don't care if I win 200 bucks at the end of the year. All I care about is spending $2,000 on Steeler memorabilia when they win the Super Bowl. So I don't care about losing a fantasy game when one guy on my team is playing my real team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Barkley did not look good. But to answer Kathy's question, if you're a Giants fan, you've got to be excited about one Daniel Jones, but you've got a real coach and you've got a real offensive coordinator who was a head coach for a long time in this league as well. And you have uh, you have a foundation for what could be really good. So, I mean, they're not going to uh, – this doesn't seem to be a playoff team this season, but Barkley is not going to be down for long. He's not going to have – he ran into a very good run defense team, and I can't wait to see the rankings as far as run defense – because the Steelers are probably going to be <laughs> ranked number one or number two. I don't know what everybody else did, but they're going to, as far as rushing defense, they're going to be up there for what they did. This is a good run stopping team. Yeah. <laughs> it looked, uh, now I want, I want to preface it. Saquon Barkley is great. 
that offensive line leaves a lot to be desired. We'll just put it that way. Shield 91 puts $5 in the tip jars. His favorite play of the night. Love Chase Claypool's toe tap dance. That's the discipline and intelligence we've been hearing about from camp. Also, big props to uh, Chase Claypool at the very end on that little jet sweep where he got the first down yardage necessary, stays in bounds. And I know on Twitter I, I said, great play, heads up play. And they said, well, it really didn't matter. No, I get it, but at the same time, it's a rookie. He had a very, chance at the end zone. Well, but it's a rookie in his very first game, his very first time getting the, a handoff, and he's running on the outside. And like you said, he could have tried to make a cut and go in. And, and just they take, could have pushed him out of bounds. And he goes down. I thought it was a heads-up play. I loved it. I thought it was great. That's team the intelligence. Play. Yes, mm-hmm. team play. Yeah. He didn't care about his own stats. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Sean Manahan puts $2 in the tip jars. It's three bad plays. Um, Deontay fumble, the out-of-bounds kick, and the missed extra point. Yep, those were all three bad ones. No doubt about that. Leo C. puts $9.99 in the tip jar. Thank you very much for that. He said, BAD, Barry White, great to see Deontay get so much action. It'll be very interesting to see Daniel Jones again against the rest of the league. Our pass rush challenged him on every play. Adenye was clawing, and he was. Yeah, um, wow. it was you good. could well you know how the Steelers were were you could tell they were keying on Saquon Barkley. I mean, they were just going after him. That's why he had the rushing stats that he had. I feel that the Giants were completely focused on TJ Watt on defense. Yeah, they just didn't want Watts to kill them. And he still made that great interception, you know. So and no holding calls how is that possible he oh was getting, man he was getting held all day <laughs> they didn't call holding the entire game on either team when was the last time you watched an nfl game and there were zero holding calls i don't think i've ever seen that yeah at least not in the past happy era what we're in right now hey i gotta make a comment real quick about that last uh comment about barry white bad and deontay getting some action that's something you hear all the time i don't know if you planned that when you put that out but barry white and getting some action that's always in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, you know, this has all been sunshine and rainbows so far, but th- there were some things that we had to not like. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about things that we thought were better, that could be better. Uh, we addressed some of them. Uh, but overall, guys, what were some things? What were some takeaways? We're going to start with Brian here. What were some takeaways that you're like, you know what is a good win? We're the one to know. You know, you can, it's easier to correct after a victory, but my gosh, this really is bad. What is that for you, Brian? I was not impressed with the offensive line Mm. for the most part. Um, A lot of people have been telling me that they're worried about Big Al. 
I, I thought he played a good game. I uh, that there was there was the the first time that it wasn't a sack, but when Ben got the ball off, there was uh, Big Al pushed all the way back into him. There were a couple times, and Big Al gave up another sack too. There's there are some things that really concern me about him. The uh, low snap from Pouncey. There, you know, now that you have possibly two guys injured on that offensive line, that's scaring me even more. Yeah, the offensive line was was tough. I'm I'm looking at the overall stats here. They the Steelers rushed for 141, threw for 208, uh, 32 passes to 30 runs. Oh my gosh, that's close. That's close to balance. I don't think you're gonna get any closer to that for the yeah. Steelers. Um, only three penalties for the Steelers for 21 yards. I, I see your concern. I definitely do, Brian. Uh, Dave, you can chime in on that, or you can go ahead and go with something else that bothered you. There's something else that is still bothering me, and you guys are going to hear me go on a little bit of a rant. They, I, didn't, they didn't run the Wildcat, did they? No. I, no, I am upset. <laughs> I am still upset, and I'm not letting it go. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm ex- I am upset with the Steelers, with, with their coaching staff. And oh with, boy, with, I know where this is going. Some stuff. I'm extremely disappointed with the Steelers beat reporters who fail to even bring up the issue because they don't because they, they don't inform <laughs> themselves about the rules. But why in the world are you playing with 47 players when you're allowed to play with 48? <laughs> what the crap with six players <laughs> inactive and no one elevated from the practice squad? They up the number of players you can dress for a game. You're paying these guys anyway, even to stand in street clothes. Why is either Anthony McFarland or UG3 or one of those guys, they had another spot to fill and they put six guys inactive when you only need five. And you know, so we kept, I kept waiting. Did they elevate someone from the practice squad? We didn't realize, you know, what's going on. No, they played with 47 guys when you don't need to. I mean, was it just an oversight? What in the world are they doing? And why in the world was nobody asking about this and getting a report on this? If this is not brought up tomorrow, I think the whole Pittsburgh beat reporter circuit needs to be fired because do your job, know what they're supposed to be doing, and ask the question that needs to be asked. Why are you playing a man down the whole game? Wow. You all right? Um, Move on before I get more mad. (laughs) Well, you know, Dave doesn't swear much, so what – With him saying what the crap, which I know that's not swearing, but for Dave, that's that's him sticking up a middle finger and uh and just uh a whole lot of uh you know dollar signs and question marks and exclamation points there. So uh wow. That's hysterical. That sounds like Keith Butler on an interview. He goes, that daggum thing, we got to go get that daggum football. I mean, it's funny when you see a transcript of Keith Butler's like press conferences, they actually do write in like dag nabbit. And I'm just waiting for like an Elmer Fudd reference. But anyways, so Dave brings up the inactive list. as well, something that he's because you forget about. about it because the Steelers win. You're happy with all that stuff. But then I just get back. Oh, I mean, and, and, and why are they not answering the question? It's not like they didn't know. Coach Tomlin said in a past interview this past week that, yeah, they're going to give us two extra players. Why would you not use them? And then they didn't use it. I don't understand. Yeah, well, with the offensive line the way it is, they probably will be using that um, in the coming games. But something that I was upset about, and this isn't a knee-jerk reaction thing, and I talked about the offensive play calling a little bit earlier, but for me, it was just ball security. I can't stand fumbles. 
interceptions happen. You're trying to force a ball in, but for some reason, I cannot stand fumbles, whether it was Deontay Johnson's muffing the punt early in the first quarter, whether it was Benny Snell, who really had a, de- a chance to cap off a, a super impressive performance, and then you have to mar it with that stupid fumble on the sideline. Good for you, Juju Smith-Schuster, for having a heads-up play and getting the, getting the football, getting the loose ball amongst a sea of blue. But still, that really fear infuriates me. It's something that the Steelers have always struggled with, but still, we're going to have to deal with it. Let's go through some super chats here. Just a fan puts four ninety nine in the tip charts to Juju's fumble recovery, which I just mentioned. Monumental for the final drive, yes. For, it was a very important play. Um, going through, let's see, we have another one here. Kason Wright, he says $5. That's the spot Ben's saving for Switz. <laughs> that extra spot that they didn't draft. <sighs> I don't know. We'll see if Switzer maybe gets a call with, uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the injury situation. If they could, it, I don't even know if he's eligible to be a veteran on the practice squad. If he would, we'll see. We shall see. Um, but, guys, 54 minutes in. We have about five minutes left closing thoughts on the game itself, this team moving forward. They now prepare for the Denver Broncos to come to Heinz field in week two, no fans, but they will be back at home. Brian, what are your thoughts on this, this team and this game? Wrap it up. This team is prepared for the long haul. There are going to be some uh, rough times, but I still think this is an 11 and five team. I love what I saw. The leadership of Ben Roethlisberger But I love, more than anything, Juju Smith-Schuster with the zest that he was playing with, with the fire, with the intensity. He felt like, it felt like watching a man out to prove something, and I thought he proved something tonight on offense. Two touchdowns, fantastic. You mentioned the fumble recovery, but it seemed like if this is the Super Bowl, and it's a final drive like you had in 2008 in San Antonio Holmes, it seems like Juju Smith-Schuster could be that guy to lead you on that drive all the way down at the 10-yard line to victory with 38 seconds left in the game. So Juju Smith-Schuster, for me, stepped up tonight, and I think he is a lot closer to the number one wide receiver that everybody is asking for. Dave Schofield, go ahead. Yeah, I'm... That's a great answer for Brian, so I'll go somewhere else. Benny Snell, getting the chance, going over 100. You know, would have liked to have seen him maybe find the touchdown zone. Snuck it in there, didn't I? Um, Love it. That, um, but it, it was just – it was great to see him run the way he did and to run, in a, you know, up the middle and on the edge, you know, you know not, not, not necessarily the stretch play. You know what I mean? Just to just to see him to, to come in and make the most of it um, and to come back after the fumble. Um, if they'd have lost that fumble, who knows how he would have responded. But um, good job, Benny. My final thoughts, actually not even about the Steelers. It's about the National Football League. There are a lot of people, some that are in the live chat right now, that said that this was never going to happen. That there's no way the NFL, football in general, would ever be played in 2020 or maybe for the foreseeable future. And I'm not saying I told you so or anything like that. I'm just saying I'm happy that this is back. Yes. If it means there's no fans in the seats for a few months or a month or a few weeks, so be it. But my gosh, was this a great distraction. And this Sunday was a great distraction. And so I hope that fans 
And there are still some skepticals out the skeptics out there that say, well, you know, once, once they start playing each other and they're traveling and yeah, there's risk involved. We know this, but at the same time, I'm going to take it all in for as long as I can, no matter what, because I love this team. I love this game. I love the national football league. And I love this being able to be on these post game shows and talking football. I wouldn't want to lose this for anything. So Kudos to the National Football League for the protocols they put in place. They got it done. They are back, at least for the foreseeable future. We should all just celebrate and just say, you know what? Man, this was awesome. For the first time in a long time, something felt normal. There were no fans, I know, and the fake the fake crowd noise was just awful. That I was so annoying. I'd rather hear the players talking on the sideline and yelling than I would fake crowd noise, but... I digress. That's my little uh, rant to end it up. Brian, before we call it a show, why don't you let the listeners out there know what's coming up on our podcast side? Because this is a weird week. This is a Monday night. So what's going to be happening Tuesday and for the rest of the week? Well, something that's happening right now, if you go to the podcast platform, you could check out Michael Beck, who put together a Mike Tomlin press conference, post-game press conference recap. It's already on the uh podcast platform anywhere that you download your podcast it's going to be there so check that out it's a probably about a uh, eight minute show but it's going to wrap up everything that mike tomlin said and give you a little bit if especially if you missed that show so (laughs) (laughs) i gotta put this Wow. Oh, no, oh, you clicked on. the wrong one. Come on. Oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> OC Cam's OX puts 499 the tip says, Brian sounds like Frank the Tank when he shot himself in the neck with a tranquilizer gun. In old school is what he's talking about. <laughs> gosh, I, are you sure it's not my mic? I guys, the new room. I don't know. You're but, crazy, uh, man. <laughs> wow. Gosh, I... I gotta reevaluate or like drink some lemons. You're gonna have to go back um, and listen to this, Brian. And you understand? You'll be like, it got better. Me? It got better as the show went on. Early on, I was like, man, Brian's got like frogs in his throat. He needs to like clear his throat, get it's, his glass it's, of water. It's a setting on your mic. It, it's got to be. Well, we'll have to take a look at that together. <laughs> yeah, but please um, do. <laughs> so wow, yeah, because I, I mean, I even got, uh, I got Buffalo Bill from. Uh, Buffalo Bill from uh, yeah. Sounds of the Lambs, and people were talking about me putting Put lotion, the lotion in the basket. The oh goodness gracious! But no, so check out Let's Ride. Um, excuse me, not Let's Ride the live mic tomorrow as well. That's going to be another uh, basically post game. You show should check out Let's Ride on Michael Monday, Beck. Wednesday, Friday with Jeff Hartman. Though you should do that, and definitely you, you should check them all out. There are so many options. I got to tell you, it's so nice to see a lot of these names back for the first time since December as well. But, and if you are back for the first time, check out that podcast platform because where you were just getting about seven, eight shows a week, now you're getting in the 20s. And it's morning, noon, and night. There's new stuff from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Behind the Steel Curtain Radio. It's there. So check out all these shows. And if you missed part of this show, go head back and check it out. It's going to be showing up in the podcast platforms and probably the next half hour to an hour as well. There you go. So you heard it here, folks. The Pittsburgh Steelers win. They're 1-0. and One down, 19 to go. Or 18 to go, because they need to be 19-0. and So one down, 18 to go. Uh, the the train keeps moving. Tomorrow, Mike Tomlin will be at the in front of a camera and a Zoom call. 
not on the podium, um, but he'll be there talking about the upcoming game against the Bron- Broncos. We'll be back. Make sure you check us out all week and make sure you check us out next Sunday for another Steelers post game. In the meantime, enjoy it. Stay safe. Be kind. We'll see you. Take it easy.